Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to episode 15 of the Linkage Podcast by Episcopal Retirement Services. This episode is for the week of August 17th, 2020. Thanks so much for joining us. We're so glad to have you uh, with us once again. Uh, I'm Brian Reynolds, Vice President of Marketing of Episcopal Retirement Services, and I'm here with Kristen Davenport, our Director of Communications. How are you today, Kristen? Doing really well today, Brian. Thanks for asking. Having a good one. How about you? Very, very good. The kids are going back to school, so we're kind of in that mode of getting them off and uh, kind of into a brave new world. So I guess we'll see how all this goes. Yes. Uh, fingers crossed. Prayers said all that. Yes. So the Linkage podcast is dedicated to educating our audiences about the issues regarding aging, uh, informing people about the mission of ERS and how that really comes to life in our everyday interactions, whether that be with our residents, our clients, our families, or our staff members. So Kristen, you want to talk a little bit about our uh, episode coming up and who we've got on the show? Absolutely. So today with us, uh, our guests are uh, Kathy McGurn. Uh, Kathy is a resident of Marjorie Peely in Hyde Park in Cincinnati. And we have uh, a resident of our Louisville community, Jim Norsworthy, lives at Dudley Square at Episcopal Church Home. Well, great. As, as always, it's always so fun to have the interviews and, uh, of course, getting the updates, uh, interviews with our residents and then the updates with, uh, with Laura week in, week out. So with that said, I want to just remind everyone, a uh, virtual gala is coming up here on uh, Friday, October 9th. Um, as the title suggests, we're, we're doing our first uh, virtual gala, obviously with the circumstances uh, because of COVID-19. Uh, but I would encourage everyone to join us for a special evening of uh, celebration, inspiration, and entertainment, all in an effort to support our Good Samaritan Mission Fund. So we've got a really special live program uh, created just, just for our, our guests, and uh, it'll be hosted this year by Channel 5's very own Curtis Fuller. Um, I'd be remiss without thanking our presenting sponsors this year, uh, the Model Group, uh, Ridgestone Contractors and Builders, Ohio Capital Corporation for Housing, and U.S. Bank. That's so, a great lineup of sponsors, Brian. That's good to hear, and uh, I was down at the Mance this week. Uh, working on some video for the, for the program, for the gala, and uh, progress down there looks amazing. So that was, uh, it was uplifting to see that for sure. Yeah, I think we're gonna do a, a nice special highlight of the Mance this year, uh, which is a old historical uh, hotel that uh, African-Americans uh, uh, frequented back in the, the 40s and 50s um, and, and was listed in the Green Book. And uh, I think there's a, some great storytelling that, uh, that we're excited to bring to life. So with that being said, Kristen, do you want to uh, introduce our first guest today? Yeah, so first up with us today, uh, Jim Norsworthy. And uh, Jim and I had a, a wonderful conversation and uh, let's meet Jim. Welcome, Jim. Thanks for being on the podcast. Well, I appreciate being asked. <laughs> you bet. And how are you doing today? How's everything down at Dudley Square? Well, right now it's very rainy, so we're wet and dripping. But other than that, we're fine. 
Yes, that is that's good. I mean, maybe we need a little rain some some days. It seems like we've had a lot of sunshine lately, though. That's right. You and I have met before. Um, it's been a while since we've seen each other in person, but um, I know that uh, this uh, this way of living has disrupted all of us. Um, tell us, Jim, like what are some of the things that you're doing to stay positive right now? Dealing with reality, I would say, is probably the main thing. You have to accept things for the way they are and not the way you want them to be. And that's a whole lot easier said than done. My wife got sick in April of 2019, uh, had to go to the hospital, and wound up over the last year of over three different times and wound up with a severe case of pneumonia. The doctors have not been able to cure her. They say she will never be cured. And uh, watch her evolve through the process of dealing with life uh, and all of the reality that she has to face. So this is the one thing that has had been um, an issue for both of us. Also, she has begun to regain some of her strength, and we look for every little thing that we can to try to stay positive and to work through different things. So I know a lot of people have been extremely frustrated by what they cannot do due to the uh, pandemic, but uh, we had a lot of advanced training here, and it's not easy, I can tell you that. And anybody that's been through that knows that as well. But uh, as I said, you have to deal with reality, and we uh, depend a lot on God. So that's kind of what's helped us. Yes, I, I can see that. Um you you really kind of have had like a, a a preview of what we're all dealing with right now with being restricted not not being able to do your routines and and all of that so you had a little bit of a, a of pre-training for for what we're all facing right now yes that's right and uh sadly you know younger people which is very understandable uh have a lot more trouble dealing with that than those of us who are older. I think, you know, we understand that and don't have the same issues that a lot of the younger people do. But um, it's it's something that has happened all over the world. So, you know, this is one of those 100-year events. Uh, it has happened before, not exactly the same way, but if you know history, it's it's not that unusual. It happens, and you deal with it. Oh, that is so true, Jim. That is some some important perspective for us to all keep in mind. This is a hundred year event, not just something that you know occurs every year or every decade. Even um, that that is so true. I know that things around Dudley Square um, are probably looking like they're going to about to start changing. I don't know. Has has any ground been broken on? Not yet. Okay, so you're going to have some changes in the neighborhood just, just uh, right on top of everything else you're dealing with. You've been an important link for, for new residents coming in, um, and Dudley Squares are probably about to get a whole bunch of new residents over the next few years. Tell our listeners about the directory, Jim, that you created and uh, what that's meant to your community there. Well, 
I guess to begin with, it all started when Jerry Lynn and I moved in here. I'll be eight years in October. And we were given absolutely nothing uh, to go on. Uh, what we learned about living here uh, simply came from what we learned and picked up from other people. So when I found out some friends from our church were going to be moving in here as well, I started writing down things that we had learned uh, over the short time we'd been here and to make a little booklet to give them a one up when they moved in here. Uh, that has grown and evolved over the years um, to where it's now about a 35-page book dealing with every aspect of life in Dudley Square. Also, all the residents here had a chance, and many did participate in adding things that I had not thought about uh, because we did put it out for everybody, and they added what they thought needed to be done. And that book is now at a really what I would call a stopping point because uh, what w was is not what is nor what will be, but in other words, that was the beginning. Also, uh, one of the things that had been done here was one of our residents, a guy by the name of Al Boyce, used to produce a one-page directory of residents. And this had everybody's phone number and their house number so that if you needed to know who to call, you could put that out and, and look at that and it would tell you who's here. As Al aged and got to where he could no longer do that, I took that job over and then let it grow some, coming up with a directory and I created a Dudley Square email group. Uh, we had had no way to communicate with each other and uh, we tried to had a telephone committee, but that worked with varying levels of success. So I asked Joanne Bach, who was director at the time, about setting up an email group. And I remember she said, well, I don't think it'll work, but if you want to do it, go ahead. So anyway, built that up to where we keep a record of everybody's birthday, their address, their email address. And uh, then that's published and put out so that everybody really can stay in charge or in touch with each other. At the same time, and this part has not been used to best effect, but it is there. It is a two-way street where things can be put out by anybody that lives here as, as well, so it's an easy way to communicate. We started out, we did not have that many people that had uh, computers or um, I don't think even, well, iPads were just beginning to come in at that point. Uh, today we're down to where only, let's see, two people have absolutely no electronic contact. Everybody else has some type of communication. Um, the other thing that we have done, if a, a person that lives here is not able to handle the things electronically, if they give me the name of a relative, son, daughter, whatever, uh, that person is added to the mailing list and they can get the information and call that person on the phone and give it to them. So we try to have communication because I think 
And that's been especially good in the pandemic because we cannot physically be in touch with each other. So that's probably more than you wanted to hear about it. But uh, that in a nutshell is what's been going on and what well, I've been doing. Actually, that's exactly what I wanted to hear because you just kind of from the very beginnings of just uh, your personal experience being a new resident and, and understanding and seeing very clearly what was needed for new residents. And, uh, and that is kind of the spirit that I've seen at Dudley Square is that residents uh, take care of each other and there is some some support from staff but uh you guys are are an independent bunch and you're not going to wait around for somebody to uh create a guide or a directory for you you just took it on and did it yourselves and uh and uh take care of each other and i love that you've continued that even through these times when it's maybe not as easy to communicate you just can't walk out to your driveway or to your neighbor's front door and and necessarily uh make contact you've use technology and and it's good to know that uh you even found workarounds for for folks that don't don't have that uh electronic capability because uh even though the that number is dwindling it sounds like you've still got a few folks i yes. love that and and i love your spirit of you know this is where it is now but it's got to go somewhere else the, the community is about to grow and it's nice to know that there's this guide that that is a good starting point for whatever it will be. I don't know if you'll consider it 2.0. You've probably passed 2.0 a while back with it. It sounds like it's evolved. and um, it, it's Well, it keeps changing as, as the needs change. And that's, uh, but like I say, it's been a good vehicle, you know, for communication, which is why it was started to begin with, you know. And uh, it's also helped out. And we can make fun things out of this. For example, one of our guys is having his birthday next Monday and one of the other residents, uh, and I've always told people, you have the ability to send things out, but if you can't do it, get it to me and I'll see that it gets out. And uh, so we're going to have a five o'clock gather on his driveway party for him next Monday night. And, uh, he will bring out his own keyboard and play for himself and uh, we will all sing along. So oh, wow. it's that kind of thing. We try yeah. to have a little fun with all this too. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. Um, you, you guys are uh, not letting this get in the way of a celebration. I, I don't think there's been uh, much that could get in the way of a celebration down at Episcopal church home because uh <laughs> From what I've seen, uh, they will find a way. The team down there, especially over at the home, um, they're they're celebrating anything that's you know worthy of uh, right. a, a balloon. It, it doesn't and a take it, it. doesn't take much for us to celebrate. That's right. I love it. Uh, I love it. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that's been a godsend for us is that we're all in individual homes. We right. don't have to use <laughs> elevators. We do not interfere with anyone else. If we, and we have people here that never leave their units and we have people that are gone all the time, but mm -hmm. what you choose mm -hmm. to do is what you can do. So right. Right. that's, that in a way makes it a lot easier and better too. Yeah, so. yeah, absolutely. Well, Jim, this has been a delightful conversation. Let's um, wrap up. Will you tell me what um, is something that you haven't really been able to do that you, maybe you're looking forward to um, when this is all uh, said and done and, and we're all a whole lot safer than we are today? 
I think the big thing, uh, well, there are several big things. Get out with other people uh, in a real way. In other words, uh, be able to go to a restaurant, uh, go to a play, go to a musical concert, you know, mm -hmm. go back Definitely. to church physically, mm -hmm. you know, those kinds of things. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Those face-to-face -face contacts, uh, we're, it's really starting to get old that we uh, don't have those. And uh, yeah, a concert experience, you know, there's only so much you can get from, you know, viewing it through your TV or your computer. Um, being there, there's something but, about being in the room with the vibration and, and all that and everybody else's uh, energy and presence. It, it makes a huge difference. That's true. But I'll tell you what, if I was thinking she, the, the poor woman has been very condemned here lately, but Laura Ingalls Wilder in her books pointed out what people in pioneer days had to go through. Mm -hmm. And you know, those folks had no support. Mm -hmm. uh, if they couldn't grow their crops, they starved. Uh, they didn't stand there with their hands out looking for everything. And they face so many hardships, you know. So uh, in, in so many ways, we are extremely blessed, you know, by what is still going. And I think we need to focus a whole lot on what we've got and not what we don't have. There were never truer words than those, Jim. Um, thank you for that wisdom. I think uh, that's something we can all uh, take to heart. And when we're feeling down, uh, just remember that. And uh, that will certainly well, lift us. Uh, that's probably the old fogey way of looking back on that, but uh, you know, it's, uh, I genuinely feel that way. And I think uh, a lot of us that are older do remember all those things. You know, in, in time, everybody will hopefully look back on this time and appreciate the fact that they're still alive and that they can look back. Yeah, exactly. Well, Jim, thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate it. And I thank you for the invitation. What well, was so good to hear from uh, Jim Kristen. He's such a fascinating guy and he, he's always had just a heart of service and really organizing so much of the life down at uh, Dudley Square for the independent living residents. That is so true, Brian. He uh, just really took it upon himself to make sure that uh, new neighbors were welcomed and uh, with uh, our community continuing to build and grow down there, you know, that'll be important, that spirit of welcoming new, new neighbors. Absolutely. Yeah. So next up, I guess we've got our president and CEO, Laura Lamb, who will give us an update on all things ERS. So we're back this week with President and CEO, Laura Lamb. How are you, Laura? I'm doing well, Brian. How about you? Doing very well. Thanks so much. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to imagine we're here in the middle of August, and it feels like so much has happened and over just the last, what, five months now? Oh, my goodness. Has it been that long? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Time flies. Or... Mm-hmm. Maybe we just kind of start by um, maybe giving an update. Week was a, a big testing week amongst all of our uh, continuing care retirement communities. So I wonder if you could kind of update our listeners on that. 
Sure. Well, um, both the state of Ohio and Kentucky have um, mandated that all staff that work in senior living um, environments need to be tested um, on an ongoing basis. And in both Ohio and Kentucky, it, that's an every other week cycle. Mm -hmm. um, so last week, um, we had our first uh, week of this mandatory cycle at all three of our locations. Uh -huh. uh, Bree and Marjorie Lee were on Tuesday and ECH was on Wednesday. And uh, beginning on Thursday and Friday, we started getting results from one community, uh, Dupree. And um, over the weekend, we're, we're, we're starting to get results from ECH. Mm -hmm. And we still haven't heard or received any results from Marjorie P. Lee, which makes you think that this they're doing it alphabetically. That's the only rhyme <laughs> I can think of. Um, it's so funny. So Pre-Episcopal Church Home. Isn't that funny? Okay. Yeah, it is funny. It's funny. So, um, and, and it's not, it can't be that because they're two different states, but it's just, it's right. just a way for me to figure it out in my mind. But right. so Dupree results are totally in. Um, we had... One staff member, actually a, um, a private duty staff member that tested positive at Dupree. So out of 140-ish um, tests, one came back positive. Again, well, wow. well less than 1%. Yeah. Um, and then at, at, Dupree, at ECH, we received um, about 30 to date um, out of uh, close to 200 tests. And... Mm -hmm we have a staff member that tested positive um, in that surveillance. So it really, you know, you have to ask yourself, why is the state doing this? And mm -hmm. they're doing it because it's um, surveillance monitoring. It's, you know, we right. understand that there are so many people that are asymptomatic. Right. And the only way to stop that asymptomatic spread is by testing. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's, it, it wow. is quickly becoming, unfortunately, the new normal that will all be tested every two weeks. And mm -hmm. hopefully over time, that number of asymptomatic people that, that we catch on the screening will go down. I think from what I've heard from you and others, it, it, there's a lot of effort that goes into the testing. So I, hats off to the, the management and all the staff that are helping out with those efforts. Yeah, it is quite a, an undertaking. So, um, you know, the, the state provides the actual test kits, but mm -hmm. different than the National Guard tests um, that we had in Ohio a couple weeks ago, all right. of the tests moving forward will be administered by our staff. So it, it's a challenge. I mean, it, you're, you're taking a day of several nurses to, to do the testing, right. um, you know, so it, it takes, it takes a, a team and they, they are a wonderful team and they are, by golly, um, rising to the occasion, as we say. Right, right. And as you also intimated that, you know, having one case at Dupree from a private duty and one so far at ECH, you know, the staff are, are doing a lot of things to mitigate risk in their own lives to, for the good of the, the residents. So that's something to be very proud of. They well. really are. I mean, they really are. They're trying to the best of their their ability to minimize exposure to to make sure that they are um you know making sure that they're wearing their mask when they're in out in public making sure that they're social distancing all the things that we 
have been talking about for, like you said, the last five months. They're right. really doing a great job. Yeah, so proud of them. For on another topic, you know, one one of the things I wanted to ask you today, um, you know, there's been a lot of media um, and and even chatter out in in society in general about nursing homes, and obviously, you know, it's nobody's preference that we can't visit family members or our families can't visit their loved ones. Um, but we're finding some unique ways in doing that through Zoom and. You know, there have been brief times where we could do some outdoor visits, but one of the things, you know, you hear is just the talk about isolation of our elders, but I think there's a lot of maybe misinformation and misunderstanding about maybe particularly what's going on within our communities and that there's a lot of activity and, um, and, and thought into, you know, the time that our elders are spending and, and, and some positive ways that they can spend their time. So I wonder if you could kind of comment on, on that activity, the wellness, and, and that even maybe some of the vocation that they're able to do in the communities. Yeah, I'd love to. You know, I, I agree with you. There is that, that dialogue out there, and I guess being in it and seeing it firsthand, you know, I, I see something a little bit different. Right. Um, yeah, and you're right. We want to be reunited with our families. Um, I think that's universal. Uh, you know, I was talking to one of our newer residents on the phone the other day, and it was really interesting because I wanted their perspective, you know, being newer uh -huh. and moving in, you know, and then, you know, the, the pandemic hit like shortly after. And, and they made a point that kind of echoes what I think you're asking me is that, from their perspective, if they had been in their home, they felt like they would be more isolated than they right. are today. Yeah. And I asked them to talk about that. And they, they pointed to things like our life enrichment programs and the fact that, yeah, it's different what we can do, but there are a lot of things that we are able to do, whether mm. that's, you know, um, participating in our fitness um, areas. It's different, but they can still work out, you know, um, right. participating um, in a, at a concert. We had an outdoor concert the other day that was yes. just awesome. Mm -hmm. um, you know, just life enrichment has really done an amazing job reinventing themselves, right? Right. Wellness has done a great job of, you know, bringing wellness to their apartments so that they can do it on their own or they can watch a Zoom or they can social distance a few people in a large open space and actually exercise. Um, all meeting the guidelines, all meeting the guidelines. Right. So that's been really neat. And, and they pointed to that, that, you know, I wouldn't have this. I wouldn't have that camaraderie of, you know, my neighbors that, that I see at these, you know, in the hallways or in, when we have, you know, small group, um, socially distant events in the community. Right. The other thing that I'm seeing is that, you know, the, the world has changed and the residents have rallied to help us mm -hmm. in some incredible ways. You know, we've had uh, residents that have helped us with our pop-up pantries with Cisco. We, we had a toilet paper challenge and we have had residents volunteer to, put the toilet paper in the bags so right. that it could be delivered to the affordable living residents um, throughout the campus. Um, just recently, I became aware um, 
that it was it's the residents that are actually delivering our Kroger click list to wow. their peers. Mm-hmm. So we as staff do the ordering and pick up and we drop it off at the building. And instead of the staff taking it to each apartment, we have a gr- group of mighty residents that take that on. And I mean, that is, I love your word vocation. It's, you know, it's, to me, it's purpose, you know, there's yeah. work to be done. Right. The staff are busy. They're able-bodied people that want to help. Mm-hmm. And our residents are, are raising their hand and saying, I can do this. I want to do this. Yeah. And um, one of the, one of the individuals that do, is helping with the click list, Brian, she worked at our um, ERS office volunteering sure. once a day, once a week. And right. You know, she teased me. She said, well, I had to find a job, Laura, because you closed <laughs> down the office. I need to do something. And right. she always joked that, you know, we, we, we keep busy, so we'll stay out of trouble. So we, I enjoyed that. So she's, she's keeping busy over at Dupree House to stay out of trouble. <laughs> well, that's great. I mean, there are so many examples of people staying busy and active. And I think that's one thing of the spirit of all our communities is that our our residents, you know, they, they've got us as a staff looking after them, but they look out for each other. And that's, don't they, they really do. They really do. It's a beautiful place to be. It really is, Brian. Yeah. In a pandemic, it is a beautiful, when you build, and they all, all of our communities, all 30 campuses have built a community and, you know, how lucky that they have one another during these times. Right. Right. Yeah. That, that sense of community really, uh, you know, it's always been there, but it certainly is coming alive during this. Alara, thank you so much for joining me again this week. It was good to touch base with you. Great. I'm looking forward to next time. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll be back in just one short week again. Okay. Thanks, Brian. Have a great week. Well, Brian, it's always good to hear from Laura, but especially when you guys can talk through some of the issues that we're hearing, um, you know, the rates of infection um, being very low, even though we hate to hear of even one, and, and even, you know, the, the ways that we're um, working really hard to combat um, isolation for our residents. Yeah, I think overall, I'm just so proud of our staff that are, you know, really taking care of themselves and therefore able to take care of our residents and, and then, you know, giving them some sense of purpose and normalcy in all of this, that they're really engaged day in, day out with, with our staff and each other. And, and, it, and it, you know, to have such special communities from what Laura was saying, where they really support one another and, and our staff is so special. So it was definitely a, a, a great Great update this week that I enjoyed talking through with Laura. So with that being said, uh, I had a, another really fascinating interview with uh, a resident from Marjorie P. Lee. Her name is Kathy McGurn. So I'd like to introduce our segment and interview with Kathy. So I'm here this week uh, with uh, one of our residents at Marjorie P. Lee, Kathy McGurn. Welcome, Kathy. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. Thanks so much for joining us. And uh, you know, it's we've. I think, as I mentioned earlier, we're we're on our fifteenth episode, and I've had a lot of great opportunities to talk to many residents. And uh, 
I think that, you know, the first thing that we try and um, ask everyone is just how you're doing. How are things going over the last, what, I guess, five months now? Bill and I are doing just fine. We, Bill kind of does what he's always done, and that's fooling around with his stocks and everything. Oh, he's sitting right here <laughs> next to me. I'm a people person, yeah. so I have to. I I get out of the apartment and get around, and and I enjoy that very much. I go down in in the lobby, Victoria lobby, and read the paper usually mm -hmm. every day. I, I found that I was with this thing we're going through. I found that I was I was having a trouble kind of situation situating myself and remembering okay what day is it yeah yeah and so um i thought well i'm gonna have to you know i've always had a schedule here right. of different um like i'm on the grounds committee and go to the meetings mm -hmm. but i'm also a gardener and thank heavens oh yeah this thing happened didn't happen in the dead of winter right because that's kind of um, kept me busy. And yeah. also um, amongst um, several of us um, are exercising five days a week Great. Um, up in the event center. And that kind of gets us started and gets me started in the morning. So yeah. um, I'm, I'm very happy. So it sounds like you found some great ways to adapt, but also some of your, your, normal routines like the gardening you know right. really kind of helps you get through yeah. get through and and enjoy the things that you typically enjoy what tell me about your garden so i know we have the the raised garden beds there do you yeah. are you garden uh, gardening mostly flowers or are you doing any vegetables um, i have one of the beds one of the raised beds i just happened to luck into it when i came in in the side door here yeah. three years ago and um I have fun planning it. I it's different every year. Yeah. And um, I started out of the first year that I had it. I planted bulbs, mm -hmm. um, different bulbs like um, tall ones, and I'm, I'm, it's not daffodils and things like. And that was fun. Right. And then when that goes over, then I I. I use seeds. I always grow from seed. Wow. And um, this year is, um, I bought a, a, I got a, a lot of different kinds of seeds for the, for the bugs and the bees. And, and I mix them all together and then I sprinkle them. Oh, interesting. In the, in the so, bed. So, so kind of doing some pollination, helping with pollination. Yeah, the pollinators. I yeah. was a little concerned at the beginning of the season that I didn't, I didn't see as many as I did last year. Uh huh. But they're they're coming in, but they're still not as many as last year. There aren't as many birds as last year. Yeah. This is a different year. Yeah, interesting. And it's garden wise and everything. So, wow. Interesting. Well, so, you know, given this pandemic, I mean, this is something unlike I think any of us have seen before, but we've all certainly had challenges in our lives, some, you know, of national and global importance, some just personal. So, are, you know, more personal to us. 
what, what, are there some lessons that you've learned in your life or from periods of your life or from events that you're kind of helping to get through the pandemic um, that we're going through now? Well, quite frankly, neither of us here have had a terrible time getting through this. Yeah. Um, basically, we're so glad, really glad that we moved when we did. Mm-hmm. And we, we are here. This is it. I'm not, you know, right. we don't need anything else. Yeah. Um, there are uh, a couple of things that I miss from being in quarantine. Yeah. Um, but I found out yesterday it's, that it's not the car and driving. Right. <laughs> so that was a big thing for me. And, but yeah. I miss just, just going out, walking out the front door. Yeah. Of and um, I was in the habit of um, ordering uh, on the web the uh, library website mm-hmm. anything I would read about in the newspaper or on TV or of uh, oh I want I'd like to read that right well I would just go in and order it and then eventually it shows up in the library you go in and you pick it up and you take it out right I can't do that now so. Yeah. I missed that. Yeah, but it it does sound like you found, as we talked before, that you found some, you've adapted in other ways that was very interesting. Like you're now ordering your groceries online, I think you said. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm having, we're having a blast with it. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) We don't need a whole lot of groceries. But see, I'm, I'm an old Amazon um, from way back. Is that right? For yeah. years and years and years, I uh-huh. bought on Amazon. So I, you know, that aspect of what you need is there isn't anything you you need that you can't find on Amazon. Right. Yeah. It's amazing. And but the but the food aspect of it is is something new, yeah. and that's even told that's even shown to me the reasoning behind getting rid of this car. So many people had problems getting rid of their car. I'm not having problems, mainly because I'm in town. Right. As you mentioned, there's delivery now from everything from Amazon to Kroger. You've got the the transportation department if you want to go out to, um, Um, you know, the doctors or uh, things, you know, particularly when things open up again. But, yeah, I think a lot of your... Needs. But there's Life's really, yeah, so there's yeah. really something missing. Yeah. And that is being able to gather. Yes. People gather because, you know, I don't live in in the apartment. I, I'm out. I'm I'm used right. to being out around the people. people and that's just not able to be done, totally. Yeah. Now. So. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's one of the things I miss is the gathering of people yeah you know, whether it be friends or well i do go to the thursday well. yeah i go to the thursday afternoon knitting group oh that's great yeah i don't knit yeah <laughs> <laughs> but i do ma- maintain my distance and i wear a mask right right i know they have some small group exercises that uh they're starting yeah. to do there that's, yeah that's great and you said you're also exercising up in the uh that's big help yeah, yeah, yeah. I think getting getting out and getting your, your point, getting getting moving is very helpful. Yeah. Well, good. 
Well, Kathy, I want to thank you so much for joining us uh, this week. This has been a lot of fun. and it's You mean my time is up? <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to book another session here in a couple of weeks. It's been fun. Yeah, been yeah. Really we'll, fun. we'll definitely have to catch back up again and see where, yeah. where we're at in a couple, couple months. And, uh, yeah. But, uh, but thank you so much. Okay, Brian. Thanks, Brian. Brian, it was good to hear from Kathy. I know that uh, her, keeping her routines going was important for her, and uh, she's getting a lot more uh, freedom to garden and uh, exercise and gather with friends. So it was good to hear from her. Yeah, I, she's really a, a, a very chatty person and, and full of a lot of energy, and uh, I certainly uh, really enjoyed uh, our conversation and you know hearing her perspective. Uh, of life at Marjorie P. Lee, which was, you know, quite busy, quite busy. Um, you know, she's normally very social and it sounds like she's really kept routines in place to make sure that she's staying active and, uh, in, and engaged. So, so with that being said, Kristen, um, I'd like to thank everybody for joining our uh, episode of a linkage podcast by Episcopal Retirement Services. Uh, for more information, uh, you can visit us on our website at EpiscopalRetirement.com. We have lots of great content, including our Linkage online blog, uh, resources to learn more about aging, and the services we offer. Uh, we've even got some videos, a really good wellness segment uh, segments that are up there right now that uh, can, people can uh, watch from home. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube to see what's going on with NERS and our communities. And if you have any questions or feedback for us, please email us at info at erslife.org. We love hearing from our listeners and getting the feedback. Uh, the Linkage Podcast is produced by Kristen Davenport and Brian Reynolds. Fiasha Davis is our associate producer. And our technical director is Michelle Hain. I'd like to thank our guests today, including Kathy McGurn and Jim Norsworthy, and of course, Laura Lamb for always giving uh, our, our update. On behalf of myself, Brian Reynolds and Kristen Davenport, thank you so much for joining us. And we look forward to you joining us for our podcast next week. Thanks so much, Kristen. Yep, you bet, Brian. See you next time.